Hello everyone. Welcome back to the our podcast Recreating Myself. In a new episode today, I'll be sharing with you about three rule of thumbs which significantly helping me or could be from anyone in the journey of recreating themselves or even achieving the level of success which is coming forward. One of the biggest thing I was been realizing in this one in my life is about when I was driving and making decision through happiness. And I was even speaking about a TED talk about that as well too because the happiness is very much connected to about emotions as well too and that's where it becomes the problem. The TED talk I gave that time years back was happiness in different levels which makes sense but if we translate it in a wrong way or if we try to apply it in our life in a way which could drive us significantly in a wrong direction as well too and that is the what I wanted to help all of you through this episode so you don't misunderstand that happiness factor and simply use this rule of thumbs a three rule of thumbs basically so you can avoid falling into the trap of a misuse of a thinking about happiness and emotional too but still happiness is something being utilized and depreciated in life in a proper way i will share with you that rule of thumbs today in this episode among you who are new i myself i'm john masood profes in my professional life i'm a cio chief information officer or director of technology i help companies to be more productive effective and more profitable in their business by implementing technologies into the business model in my entrepreneurship life i'm a founder of vstr group so vstr group where we conduct different researches in social and business problem and we solve them by forming different organizations and nonprofits in my passion life I love to help other professionals to go ahead in their career too and that's one of the reason I'm here. So so far I have coached and trained around 4000 40000 professionals, but I have a life statement by by 2035 I want to train 1 million professionals. So so far I have done 4% and I have another 96% to go and that's what keep me keep going every day and that's one of the reason I'm here one more time with one more episodes of recruiting myself but I know this is not going to be my last episode. I'm going to do a lots a lots of more episodes for you and everyone to help them to recreate their journey so they can achieve to the next levels of success and happiness as well too. So, what are those rule of thumbs? So, whenever in my life I'm trying to look around and trying to make any decisions about doing something let me specify this one whenever i'm trying to do something in my life what does it really means it means that that something will cause me spend my focus energy and time so to summarize again i'm going to tell you again whenever i'm trying to do something which is going to spend my time energy and focus i'm going to ask this first three questions The first one is about is that something is going to make me healthier? The second question is about is that something make me smarter? And the third question is is that something make me wealthier? 
Let me break it down again. Is there something make me healthier means is that activity like is the sports like a running activity okay from the running activity i can get more healthier so it's fine like going to the gym i want to go to the gym it's going to take my focus time and energy and it's going to make me healthier so the answer will be yes i'm going to spend my time energy and focus on that the second thing is about is there something make me smarter like an example reading books or listening podcast listening keynotes, spending time with successful people and listening to their mindsets and approaches and success stories. Yes, this is going to make me smarter. So I'm going to spend my focus, time and energy on them. The last thing is about some, is this something make me wealthier? Is it a job or career? And I'm going to get more skillful through their activities. Is there a problem I can solve for a B2B companies, so it will be a winning projects and also reward me for that success as well too. Such an example. So this is making me wealthier too. So my answer will be yes. Another could be like an example. I'm, there is a real estate project there in the road of the corner. And if I buy it, if I understand about it, I learn about it. So it's kind of a meta right now when it comes to real estate. It, it's also wealthier and also get smarter as well too, because more I study about the real estate projects, the more, more understand and more knowledge I get about real estate as well too, and it makes me smarter, and then ultimately make me wealthier as well too. So my key interest is about if I can combine two, or ideally even three, that's a really winning place where should I spend my time, energy, and focus on that one too. So where I should not, and that's the thing come to that. The thing makes me happier. The things does directly makes me happier. And that's why I'm very cautious about this one. Like an example, going out, spending time, having a drink with friends. It's going to make me happier. But does it really makes me smarter, richer and wealthier? So to answer this question is about those friends who they are and how we're spending, what we're drinking, and which moment of the day I'm spending directly impacting the other three factor because that activity, is it making me healthier? Is it making me smarter? Is it making me wealthier or not? If it's not, I'm going to be very careful about it because the thing directly first me make me happier is often is a counter- productive of the other three factor which I normally I wanted to spend my time energy and focus as well too so if I see this one that where I'm spending time which is directly make me happy happier and not all of those three other factor I will be not be spending my time energy and focus on them that activity particularly or I will be looking into it and try to transform that one to something like like an example Going out with my friends make me happier. But which friends they are? Are they knowledgeable? Are they successful in their career? So great. So they can make me smarter from the discussions I'll be having. So are we drinking coffee? So that means this is a healthier activity. Coffee, drinking coffee is a great activity. But also when am I having the coffee? Are we having in the early morning or in the early afternoon? Or or at the mid midnights? Or in the evening. So in the coffee in the in the evenings will not be a good activity. Coffee in the morning will not in out with friends will not be a great 
activity and a smart decision too because that's something I should be doing something more valuable activities than having coffee outside. So if it's an early afternoon, yes, it's a good activity. So probably answer would be yes, as long they are good friends, successful in the career and they and will be discussing something valuable activity as well too. So that's the three rule of thumbs. Something makes me happier. We're going to be a very careful I will be about into it. And normally I will be always criticizing that activity with three other rule of thumbs, which is about some, is it making me healthier? Is it making me smarter? Is it making me richer? Or to be frank, something make me wealthier too. And that's how I will categorize my time spending because at the end of the day, the most valuable assets I have in my life is my time. Like an example, like I started recording this podcast 10 minutes back and when I created this episode, I can never get back this time again. It's gone forever from my life. And, but luckily I have recorded it. So when I'm putting into it to you and you can use it and you can use it anytime you want. And even I can listen to myself too. Actually, even myself, I often listen to my own podcast too to try to understand what was the mindset I had that time and am I getting better from that mindset? Can I explain things better or not? So those are all related to picking up activities with this three rule of thumb where I spent my time, energy, and the focus. Here we go. I share with you this rule of thumb, how to allocate the time so we can be more successfully created ourselves to the next version or better version of ourselves. There's a tons of other, almost 40, 45 episodes I have already published. Check out all this episode. There's a lots of valuable mental model you have like this, which you can listen and you can take it and apply in your life and you'll be successful. And for me, I want nothing from you, but the only thing I want to hear from you when you become successful, you achieve something in your life, let me know. I will be more than happy to give you the biggest clap in the room. All the best and I will see you in the next episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the new episode of Recreating Myself. So in this episode, I'll be sharing with you about how do we can make our initiative successful? How do we pick the right initiative so we can do the right activity on that one to do? Because whenever we look back, how often we get failed to achieve our goal. Like an example, there are so many things I am getting it done right now. And when I look back five years ago, I was seeing myself, I was getting a lot less done and many of my initiatives compared to now was not successful rate. The rate of the success was not less. And then there's a one significant thing I have shifted like almost five, seven years back. And that really helped me to make a lot more initiative successful what I'm taking on in my hand. And in this episode, I'll be sharing with you what is that particular factor so you can also apply it in your life and you can make much more bigger rates of your initiative successful in your life or even career. Among you, when you, I myself, I'm John Masood Purves. In my professional life, I'm a Chief Information Officer or Director of Transformation in a business. So through this activity on my role, I help companies to implement technology to make the company more productive effective and more profitable in their business. In my entrepreneurship life, I'm a founder of the VSTR Group. In VSTR Group, what we do is about, we conduct on research on different business and social problems and we solve them by forming different companies and nonprofits. And in my passion life, I like to empower other professionals and make them more successful in their journey as well.
So through these activities, I have trained around 40,000 professionals, but that's not something what I want to do. My main statement about my passion life is about I want to train 1 million professionals by 2035. So I have around 12 years right now is 2023 as I'm recording this. So I have another 12 years left and I got another 96% to go. And that's what keeps me going and that's why I'm here. I'm creating another episode of this one and I'm not done. I want to do a lot more episodes for you so you can listen to it and, and can get all those lesson learned and mental model I have got it in my life and I've created and applied it and I so you can also get them and you apply it for your life and be successful as well too and achieve the next level of success in life and career. All right, so now what is that thing? What is the one thing that really significantly helped me to achieve higher rates of achievement of my different initiative? So now, before we talk about the, any achievement, let's talk about in every achievement is tied to a particular initiative, right? So now we have the initiative. So now when we talk about a particular initiative, we have different phase. The first is about thinking about the initiative and then we get to action about the initiative. So now when we talk about the first part is about thinking about the initiative a lot of person think about the initiative and normally our rational mind has a very powerful way of thinking which really make us to drive in one direction one oh this is too much i cannot do it it's too difficult for me and then we simply just drop that initiative so for me this is the fundamental problem is about it's not about we shouldn't just drop an initiative because we just believe we cannot do it we cannot do it something means we don't have enough motivation about it. We don't have the courage. So for me, I realized this one, there are three factories about to make any, any particular initiative successful, we need three things. One, we need to have some character trait, which will facilitate that activity. Number two, we need to have some skills, which will help us to get it done as well too. And number three is about How is our and our belief about that? So now let me summarize again. So there are three factors. Number one, character trait. Number two, belief. And number three is our skills. So now all these three factors is basically tie into one fundamental factor, which I will tell you is about there should be a phase between I'm thinking about it and start doing it as well too. So so let me break it down. So as I say, this one's so the one side of this one. Oh, I think we cannot do it. And we just simply drop it. And we can just actually supposed to do this one if you just work on this three thing. The other side is about, we think that we can do it because we believe that we can do it. And most of the time, our, our very rational mind just make us believe that we can do it. And we just focus on the only belief. And this other two factor we often ignore is about our character trait and the skills we need. We often feel like we are the skills and without having a proper assessment about that one too. So that's why every initiatives, we should be able to do it as long we have the right character traits, skills, and belief. So these are the three things our rational mind 
playing a very quickly in our mind and make us drop or take the initiative forward and we start getting into it. So for me, that's a very dangerous way to take an initiative. And that is one of the fundamental thing, which was making me less successful achieving those initiative success. So then I literally included another phase between these two, which is about the assessment phase. So assessment phase is about, I typically assess on this manner. My assessment will be is about three fundamental area I'll look into it. The amount of focus I need to get it done, this initiative done. The amount of the time I need to get this thing done as well. And number three is about the amount of energy I need to get it done as well too. So when I'm assessing all these three things, I always constantly, I'm also looking into it, my level of skill. So let me break it down again. The, the amount of energy I need for this is actually related to my character trait and the skills as well I have. The second thing is about the amount of time I need. It's also about my character trait and skill. Like an example, if I have skills high skill, I will need less time, and if I have a low skill, I will need longer time. And the number three is about the amount of energy I need, the time I need, and the focus I need. This is a three factor, right? So then I will come to a hypothetical number and assessment, which I need estimation to get it done. So now in my mind, I will always break it down in this way. I will normally categorize my each of the initiative into three buckets. The bucket number one, easy. Number two is a medium. And number three is a hard. So if the initiative is about easy, then I will go with exact the amount of the estimation I do. I will work on that one for that easy bucket problems. Number two, the problem I feel is like medium hard. I'm not really sure like the entirely I will do, but I have an idea about it. So then what I will do, the problem of this, this bucket, I will normally multiply my, my assess estimation into three. And the number of third bucket is about hard. So these are the problem are normally big and complicated and like more than 50% of the solution I don't have in my hand and I need to figure it out. So normally what I do is about, I will normally multiply that estimated of this bucket assessment estimation by 10. So that's what I talk about 10x. So normally in a bucket one and market two, normally I look into it, try to build a solution and try to give it to the, my team so they can look into it. And I try to focus on those hard bucket problems, which is the hardest I have in my time because through that activity, I can actually work on the hardest problem. And through this one, I can utilize the maximum possible way amount of growth of doing this one too. And that's what I always talk about my leaders as well too, on other leaders too, that if you are the leader, you should be working on the hardest problem ever in the rooms. And all the easiest one, you should find a solution and give a direction and give it to your team members so they can do it by themselves and get your advice into it too. And so that as a person of me, I can always focus on the hardest problem. And that's what I do, the hardest problem buckets. And that's what started with 10x estimation based on three criteria, like I said, which is about my character trait, skills and belief, connect to the estimated effort, means 
estimated time, estimated focus, estimated energy. And that's how I significantly improved my completion rate of my different hard cases, basically, hard initiatives what I'm working on since last five, seven years period of time. And in this episode, I share with you how do I do it so you can also take it on and apply in your life in career as well too and can achieve more success as well. And here you go. You got it. Now it's time for you to apply in your life. If you have any questions, go ahead and comment right now or reach out in different other social media platform. I'm also sharing a lot of tips and skills in YouTube too. So search myself about John Masood Purvez and you can get connected. And you can even ask me questions in different videos as well too. And normally I answer all the questions. And in this episode, I shared with you, but there is other almost 50 episodes I have already published in recreating myself. Check out all this old episode too, and you can get much more of other values and tips and mental models so you can extract and apply in your life and achieve to the next biggest success in your career. And the only thing I want to hear from your success, seeing your success and giving you the biggest clap in the room. All the best, and I'll see you in the next episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the episode of Recreating Myself. Normally, I don't really focus about much about degrees and educational part about institutions and so on. But in this episode, I have decided to talk about this topic. So is the MBA is relevant and important for a future entrepreneur, particularly when a professional worked on in a career for a few years and then now they're transiting themselves to an entrepreneur. Do they need to do an MBA? The answer is absolutely not. So you now you may say this one, oh, really? So now let me explain to you in this episode that why every time somebody reach out to me who are aiming to transit from, their, from the job and to be, become an entrepreneur, I normally tell them not to go for NDA, MBA and start go and get started with the entrepreneurship journey or start focusing on other problem. What is that other problem? I will explain to you in a minute of time. But before that, among you who are new, I'm myself, I'm John Masood Purvez. In my professional life, I'm a chief information officer or director of technology. I help companies to be more productive, effective, or more profitable into their business by implementing technology into that. In my entrepreneurship life, I'm a founder of Viester Group. In Viester Group, we conduct different research on business and social problem, and we solve them by establishing different companies and nonprofit. In my passion life, I'm a TEDx speaker or corporate speaker, and I enjoy training and upskilling professionals. So through this journey, I have trained around 40,000 professionals, which is 4% compared to my life, my passion statement in my life, uh, which I which is I want to train 1 million professionals by 2035. So I have done like around roughly 4% with 40,000. So I have another 96% to go, and that's one of the reasons I woke up every morning and I go with my passions, and that's one of the reasons I'm here recording these episodes for you as well too. And this is not going to be the only one. I want to recreate a lot more valuable episode like this. So anybody who, who you who are listening, so we can apply all those things and in the life and become more successful as well. So letting getting back to the point. What is the point? So the point I was telling you about, why somebody want to quit a job and turn into 
an entrepreneur. There are many reasons for this one. So normally whenever somebody wants to do this one, I immediately ask that person about why do you really want to do it? And just don't tell me a good, nice, beautiful reason, but do this exercise to yourself with a piece of paper and a pen or in a laptop with a word pad open into it. So most of the time, I get this first answer is about because somebody cannot find a job or cannot get the right pay which they're expecting in their career. So now that's why they've decided to turn out of the career and wanted to start an entrepreneurship journey. Which I often tell that is one of the terrible reasons to become an entrepreneur. Is there any other terrible reason? Another terrible reason equally is this, you know, I, I hate working in a company because of my boss and industry and so on. This is another horrible reason for someone to be an entrepreneur quitting the career as well too. Why? Let me tell you first. And then I will explain to you an MBA factor. If somebody is quitting the job because they, they hate working with other people in a company and the boss because the reason is this one is about they have a really significant low people skill. And this is one of the fundamental things someone really need to become a successful entrepreneur. And if you say there's no John, they don't have a people, uh, people skill problem. So then I will say they have a confidence problem. Why didn't you just go out and find another job in another company with the same pace? So it's a complete confidence problem. And somebody needs a crazy amount of confidence if they want to be an entrepreneur too. So that should not be entrepreneur in this factor. Another thing which I say is when somebody cannot find a job, so they want to be an entrepreneur setting up their own business. Oh, this is horrible too because somebody is not valuable with their skills somebody could be a beautiful person somebody could be very knowledgeable person and good human but the skill they have is not important in this industry so somebody is not able to appreciate their skills by welcoming them in a company as well too so that is the problem so that means the level of skill is not strong enough or that valuable enough for the industry. So nobody wants to take on that skill. So that is the factor that if somebody is, cannot get a job, means somebody should not go and try to be an entrepreneur and try to go and focus and improve their skills first. Because to be a successful entrepreneur, somebody need a lot more valuable skill than working on professionals. I often talk about it. If somebody is a successful professional with 100, so to become a successful entrepreneur, somebody will need at least 10,000. Somebody can get away with 1,000, but 10,000, they will be really, really good successful entrepreneur. And that's like my simple rule of thumbs, I say to everyone who talk about it. All right, so now let's say these are not the causes too. So now somebody want to be an MBA because they wanted to upskill themselves. So now I will tell about this one to upskill themselves, they should not just go for an MBA because the number one factor is about the fees. To become a successful entrepreneur, 
somebody will need capital and that capital will be get out of that person as a fee. What does it mean? So if somebody want to go on an international MBA in, in North America or in Australia, somebody will need around 100,000 tuition fees and somebody want to spend around two years there. So it will be around around $3,000 a month. So a year it will be 36, two year it will be 72. So around roughly 200,000 US dollars somebody will need to spend to just to get the MBA done. That's a lot of money for a lot of people, but maybe not a lot of money for people, but could be a very good start to invest on the capital for the new entrepreneurship journey. If somebody can generate revenue from the month one without very less investment, which is most of the time a consulting company can do it, but if somebody want to really build their own product rather than consulting services, they will need to invest that money to build a product as well too. So that money will be very valuable for that capital investment of the company. Number two, an MBA can get someone a network. So now, what does it really mean? So whenever somebody go in an MBA, like an executive MBA, they normally will spend around 30 to 40 CEO and CEO and other people to spend time together. So somebody, an entrepreneur, want to be a B2B, business uh, wanted to establish, then those people could be a valuable trick. But you don't know who they are and it's gonna be randomly coming into it too. So to do a networking, a much more easier is about, go every month, one or two networking event and just network and do it for consist consistently for 12 months. So tw 12 months around 15 events, there will be 10 people which you can pick up for some money and can 15 multiply 10, 150 people. Done. And somebody can even start doing it before start being an entrepreneurship journey as well too, to build a network first and then move to become an entrepreneur too. So that's why the network is also can be done with a very small amount of money, like 10 to $20 or even $50 per events, which is significantly lower than $200,000, which is normally total cost in an MBA degree. The time, number three. Two years, somebody need to focus on that MBA degree. So two years will be so valuable time because two years, the world completely changed. So two years, can even the need of the market can shift because now we are living in an industry where it's been very volatile, lots of transformation happening and lots of disruption through artificial intelligence and so on. Things are changing. The world was needed getting solved or getting obsolete so fast. So if somebody had a product idea and go for MBA and probably after MBA degree two years later, that product idea will not be valuable and important for the industry anymore. So that's gone. So that's why that opportunity can be missed out. And it may produce a new opportunity, but somebody need to again study back and that idea which to solve that problem is gone. So now we need to rework again as well too. So the time, another factor. Number four, status. So somebody get an MBA degree, somebody can write it down in the email signature, can talk about their top MBA degree holder from different top Australian or American universities or even European universities too, which is a great status. But here is the point I want to tell you. Most of the time, entrepreneurs have a very little needs of status game. They don't really need a degree. So if an entrepreneur doing a B2C product, the degrees, the old background will not be needed at anything except one fundamental thing is about, does the person 
can solve the problem and it can solve the problem by providing a product which is a competitive in the market or not, or even dominating in the market or not. That's straight like that for B2C. For B2B, yes, there is a, some sort of value when somebody has an MBA degree, they can talk. But now there's too many MBAs already in, in industry and so many, so many entrepreneurs also have an MBA as well too, and many of them don't have an MBA too. So the MBA is not really that big status so somebody can come to the, the sales meetings and talk about your prospect that, hey, I have an MBA degree. And there's not much value out of that as well too. So now that will not be that useful that it's supposed to be with the two-year investment of 200,000 USD for that thing. Number five, the knowledges. So all the knowledges an entrepreneur will can get for MBA degree, which is good. I mean, normally in, in MBA, they will learn about different aspects, finance, accounting, which is very, very important. Marketing, sales, everything is very much important. But for me, what I say is one, the best way you can learn about something is about just doing it into it and spending two, 20 to 50 hours on a particular topic is a great time for somebody to learn because somebody learned the best most amount of time when they spend the first 20 to 40 hours on a particular aspect too. So that can solve the knowledge. And now to get more knowledge is about recruiting those kinds of people about this knowledge. Like an example, a marketer. Somebody can recruit a marketer. Somebody can recruit an accountant to get the accounting thing done as well too. And can learn about it by using some kind of really good Resources can go to different particular small courses to learn specific things rather than trying to learn for two years and stop everything can turn turn this learning to different chunks and pieces and taking different courses in the evening or weekends to learn this topic as well too. And that can help. Like an example, somebody want to learn leadership. So just go and take a leadership courses to different training organizations and learn leadership and practice in your non in your nonprofits or startup what you tend to do. You want to learn about accounting, go and take an accounting course. There's a lots of online accounting courses. So there's a lot of courses can and skill we can learn just simply taking online courses, which are very affordable right now. And a lot of courses like which is good to learn an offline setting, like an example, leadership program, problem solving, critical thinking. It could be more valuable when you learn with other people in a room setting. So just go and get on a, a, those programs in those training organizations and get those skills and build up those skills and really make it practical by just immediately applying in the startup as well too. The last one, the confidence. Yes, when somebody has an MBA degree, they can have a high level of confidence too. But now I will tell you the true confidence coming into taking the right action and seeing small result. So when we are building an, a startup, an entrepreneurship, the one of the first things is coming into is building confidence is about seeing the result. Like when we make a product is making impact, a product is demanding the market. When somebody making the first sales, when somebody running a marketing campaign and lots of people show interest about it. So now those are actually the real confidence giving someone as an entrepreneur who wants to be an entrepreneur, just seeing the result rather than having a high grade in, in a papers certified by professors, which is nice, but this is a lot more cheaper and a lot more valuable in terms of confidence as well too. So here we go, I give you six reasons why an somebody who wants to quit the job and want to be an entrepreneur, they should not go for MBA and just start focusing on starting the entrepreneurship and focus on this six area which I shared with you so they can be successful successfully start their own entrepreneurship journey as well too. 
So here you go. You have got all these things. Check out all these resources I have shared in my previous episodes. There's a lot of mental model there too. Take it on, apply it in your life so you can be more successful. If you want to learn more about entrepreneurship and leadership too, check out my channel in John Masood Purvez in YouTube and then you'll be able to get a tons of transformative resources for career and also life as well too. So you can also drive your success forward as well too in your life. And for me, all I want, you be successful and moving forward in your life and achieve to the next layer of success. And for myself, I cannot wait my myself to give you the biggest clap on your journey. All the best, and I will see you in the next episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the new episode of Recreating Myself. In this episode, I will help you through a mental model that can help you to identify is this something your true passion or is a fake passion? Yes, I really say this. It's about a fake passion. Because we often, we have a human, we are so emotional and rational and sometimes logical, we often, the biggest lie, we often tell to ourselves and we make ourselves convinced that is the truth. And then we keep believing in a false reality about what we're doing and finally we crash land ourselves and then finally wake up. So on this one, Seth Gordon often talk about it, it's called a cliff. So we keep going on and keep going on. We see some source of progress and then finally we jump out of the cliff and it dies our initiative too. And that's what happens to me in my observation is about because we are being telling a lie to ourselves, which is, is our passion but it's not actually, it's not our passion. So it's a fake passion we have created and illusions in our mind too. So in this episode, I will help you so you can use this mental model to identify whatever you are doing is a true passion or a fake passion so you know how you should invest your time, energy, and focus on that one moving forward too. Among you who are new, I myself, I'm John Masood Purves. In my professional life, I'm a Chief Information Officer or Director of Transformation. So in my role, I help companies to be more productive, effective, more profitable into their business by implementing technology into their company. In my entrepreneurship, I'm a founder of the VSTRO Group. So in VSTRO Group, we conduct different researches on different business and society, and we solve those problems by establishing different companies and nonprofits. In my passion life, I'm a TEDx and keynote speaker. Through this aspect, I have trained around 40,000 uh, people. But I have a live statement about my passion is this. I want to train 1 million people by 2035. So I have progressed so far only 4%. But I have another 12 years to go. And that's what keep me going. And that's why one of the reason I'm here to creating one more episodes. And I want to do a lot more episodes moving forward as well too. To help you, whoever listening, so you have a successful journey and be a better version of yourself. So now, let's get back to the point. So I say this one, this mental model, which I really use myself because I saw this one, there's so many things in our life we tell a biggest lie because it's something, whatever a lot of thinking is running and thinking in our brain, it's all in our head, but it's not outside our head. It's not exist in a reality. And that's what, coming because 
all the things we are telling a lie to ourselves and create a false illusions and make ourselves wearing a beautiful sunglass and we're seeing something which doesn't exist. So now, how do we take care of that sunglass? So it's not a loss of cushion, but it's actually step by step, four cushions I run through. Whenever I see it's himself or something I'm assuming on it's something I'm telling myself, it's my passion. So the question number one, I do that, is about, will I do this even without getting paid? If the answer is yes, okay. So then I will say, am I sure I will do that? If it's a yes, that's the passion. It qualifies for the question number one. If you say no, that means it's supposed not to be a passion. It should, could be something else. It could be an entrepreneurship's journey, or it could be something about my business or something could relate to my career or not. I have to figure out how this activity can fit into those things because I don't want to do it without getting paid because that's the answer coming on, right? So the second question I ask about, will I do this one even I am not good at that. So that means even I don't not good at it, I still want to do it and want to get better or not. If the answer is yes. So that means it's actually passion. This is it could be a good thing for me to keep doing it and get better about it. But if the answer is yes, that's great. If the answer is no, that means I will not do it if I'm not good at it. So that means I should not treat it as my passion. It should be, I have to treat it as my entrepreneurship or my career or professional life as well too. So number three is about, will I do that even? No one wants to work with me on this. So that means I will be working alone on that one if no one wants to work, but I will still do this one. If the answer is no, it's not a passion. And if the answer is yes, great. It's actually a true passion. I'm getting into it. And the question is about the last one. Do I enjoy it when I am working on this one as well too? And it make me feel excited about it as well. If the answer is yes, it's actually a professional thing. No, it's not a professional thing. It's my passion actually. So now, when I answer those questions to ask myself, and if you see all of them as yes, that's something could lead me to identify this could be a passion. That means it could lead me to keep doing it for a long period of time, and then it could turn into a specific knowledge. So among you who are new, the specific knowledge is about and a knowledge we have learned after pursuing about some difficult topic or a topic with our intellectual curiosity for a long period of time by pursuing and following and thinking and contemplating and examining into it too. So Naval, which is a famous venture capitalist, he talked about it, about this specific knowledge, which I didn't know it after 10, 15 years back. But now I realize this one, this specific knowledge, we can only derive from a specific activity 
which is like our passion into it too. So now, if you that means, what is the value of having a specific knowledge? If somebody has a specific knowledge on a particular topic, they are normally an expert on that topic right now. So now, if somebody want to be an expert about something, it normally takes a lot of time, and if there's somebody are really truly passionate about it, they can drive and unlock that specific knowledge on that topic too. So here we go. Those are the four questions I ask myself whenever I'm thinking that, oh, this is my passion. And then I figure out it's my true passion or it's my fake passion. If it's my fake passion, I drop it immediately or I cite it out. I don't treat it as my passion. And if it's my passion, okay, great. I'll keep working on it. I'll allocate my time, energy, and focus on that one too. So I will see it can become a specific knowledge for myself and can add into my skill sets in my journey as well too. So here we go, I shared with you how you can identify your fake passion and true passion. Identify your true passion and fake passion. Invest on your true passion because it can become your specific knowledge and can turn it and can make you a, an expert on the topic too. And myself, if you want to learn more skills directly, check out my all those other episodes. You can check out the YouTube episodes where I published almost a thousand video sharing different skills which you can also apply in your career and, and life and the same way check out all the previous episode like I said you can get a lot of valuable mental model and apply in your life and and make yourself better in your journey as well too and for me I would love to see your success and how you recruit yourself and achieve more next goal in your life and I cannot wait to give you the biggest clap in the room all the best and I will see you in the next episode.